evening, everybody. We are in the series about Christmas carols, and tonight I am happy to present you the, the most famous Christmas carol in the German-speaking uh, parts of this world. It's called O du Fröhliche, O Joyful, Joyful. And uh, let's have a look at these words, because if you have a closer look at the words, you could imagine uh, a guy writing this song um, who has been partying for 10 days, like uh, partying somewhere, uh, partying, uh, celebrating Christmas as well, and still is full of adrenal adrenaline. Look at the words, he says, joyful, blessed, grace-bearing, the world was lost, Christ was born, rejoice, rejoice, he's so happy. You could imagine he's really happy. He ha he's having the best time of his life. But um, it's not really the truth. And uh, we want to present you the really, uh, the truth behind this carol. Advents in Weimar. In many houses, people were getting ready for the Christmas celebration. But for Mr. and Mrs. Falk, it seemed impossible to prepare everything for the feast. What they would have liked to do most was go to the cemetery where four of their seven children were buried. Within just a few weeks, they had all fallen victim to a terrible disease. However, at home, the remaining three children and a group of orphans were waiting for their love and looking forward to the celebration. These children needed to be given a new home. They had recognized this when a small, completely ragged orphan boy with pleading eyes stood at their door. I'm so hungry. My parents were killed by the French. I have been living on the streets for two weeks now. So they took this boy in, despite their own pain. And with him, many other children, as well as Pedro, a small, withdrawn Italian. Only once did he open up and sing a song from his homeland. They did all they could to find a way into his lonely soul. So Christmas 1816 was approaching. Father Falk flipped through a collection of songs from around the world. He finally found what he was looking for, a Sicilian fisherman's song. Father Falk wanted to give this song to his foster children, especially the small, withdrawn Pedro. So the man, whose own children had been taken away from him, sat in his room on the fourth Sunday in Advent and wrote a song for the children who were entrusted to him. He who himself suffered so much summoned up the wonderful, joyous message of the Christmas story in the following words. Oh, you joyful, oh, you blessed, grace-bearing Christmas time. The world was lost, Christ was born. Rejoice, rejoice, oh Christendom.
Christus erschienen, uns zu versöhnen. Freue, freue dich, o oh Christen. Yeah. Thank you, Dominic. Very beautiful. I didn't hear you sing, though, but uh, <laughs> I believe it's a bit diff difficult for you to sing in German. The, the text of this song, as I said before, is really a happy text. It's, a, it's about being joyful. It's about rejoicing. But the melody, as you heard, somehow is a bit, um, is a bit low, is a bit, um, almost a bit sad. And it's, it's a song that brings me automatically into the Christmas mood. Whenever I hear it, it's, it's Christmas mood for me because I grew up with this song. We, we sang this song at every single Christmas with my grandparents, with my parents. This is a song that belongs to my Christmas experiences. So this song is really powerful. It's the number one Christmas hit in, in all the German parts in Switzerland and also in Germany. It was written by Johannes Falk, a German guy from Weimar, and I want to take a closer look at his life together with you. I believe the power behind this song is the power of his life. The power of his life was that he had a life at the door. I just want to leave this sentence with you. Johannes Falk, he lived a life at the door. He was born as a son of a poor wig maker, a wig maker who do the, the wigs for, for people. And I thought, it's not a wonder that this guy was poor, because who, who wants to wear a wig? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it was back in, in the 18th, 19th century, and people sometimes, they wore the, the wigs, and it was a time where the wigs got out of fashion, so he was really poor. And Johannes Falk, he had to help his father in his workshop, and he couldn't afford to go to school. And uh, that was his problem, and, and then there was help. Uh, the help came by the town council people. There were some, some gentlemen who paid for the school that Johannes Falk could go to the college. And when he left college, he could even go to the university because they paid for it. So that, that was a great experience for him. And when he left college, they wrote a letter to Johannes Falk, and that is very interesting what they wrote to him. So the town council of Danzig, the city, writes to Johannes Falk, Dear Johannes Falk, you may leave and go with God, but do not forget that you remain our debtor. We have accepted your request. Wherever God may lead you and whatever your call may be, never forget that you once were a poor boy. Sooner or later, when a poor child knocks at the door, then remember that this is us, the old and the grey town council and councilmen of Danzig who are knocking. Do not dismiss them. So they left a legacy in his life. And that's what he did. He had a life at the door. The first thing he did, he, he was knocking as a little child. He was knocking at the door because he couldn't afford school. The first experience he had with a, with a, with a door was that, was that people opened a door for him and he could walk through a door, which would actually have been impossible for him to go to college. 
People opened a door for Johannes Falk. That was his first experience. And then they told him, stay at the door. Whenever people start to knock at your door, be a guy who opens the door. So in, in the time when he lived in Weimar, uh, the, the Napoleon from France, he came into Germany and there were thousands of orphans living in the streets. And it didn't take a long time until the first orphan knocked at Johannes Falk's door. And what he did, he opened the door. He, he went to the door and he opened the door of his life for this little child to come into his life. Even not only this child, but later there were more than 500 children walking into the life of Johannes Falk. He opened up his life for more than 500 kids to walk in a new home, to walk from cold to warm, from death to life, from not having a future into having uh, even eternal future because he talked, them, talked to them about Jesus. That was his life. He stayed at the door. And that was so fascinating about that. And it reminds me of Christmas. Johannes Falk's life is a life at the door. And this life is for me like, like Christmas. Isn't Christmas a place or a, a moment where we all are remembered that there is a door also for our lives? Also for you and for me, there is a door to enter from cold into warm, from not having a home to having an eternal home. And it is, it is so great to see Johannes Falk's life and uh, life at the door. I want to share with you about Christmas from my past. It's funny, if whenever I talk about Christmas, I... I think about my family Christmas times, you know, about the family Christmas with my grandparents. And there, was, there were two families, like my mother's family and my father's family. And we always had uh, celebrations for Christmas in all the families, in our own family, with our father's family, the mother's family. And in the family of my father, it was so funny because my grandmother, she really loved to light the candles. And she had a tiny living room but many children and even more grandchildren. So the living ro room was really tight and everybody was sitting very close and it was getting hot in there and she started to light the candles and it got even hotter and uh, every year there were more children and grandchildren and there was always a bit of tension in the room because grandmother was growing older every year and nobody knew whether the lighter would hit the candle or hit something else and everybody was really a bit scared because it was tight. And then when she wanted to light these candles, she always wore the Christmas skirt, you know, and this, this was a white skirt. And she squeezed herself between our legs and the tree with the lighter and she always started below so it was really dangerous. <laughs> and everybody said, Grandma, please watch your skirt. No, please watch your skirt. Let me do it. And it was really special. But then she would sit down and take a look at every single child. I still remember her, her eyes full of love. And then she would tell a Christmas story. So Christmas is full of, of uh, warmth for me. In the other family, my father's family, we, we always celebrated Christmas at the New Year's Day. I'm still asking myself, why did we celebrate Christmas on New Year's Day, you know, the 1st of January? It was kind of an agenda thing. 
But we drove there and we children, we got more and more teenagers and uh, the New Year's Day was really a hangover day. So we hang in this, uh, around the Christmas tree and we were singing Christmas songs and we always made fun of, of, of this date, you know, we said, oh, uh, can you tell me, grandfather, are we celebrating Christmas from last year? Or are we celebrating Christmas from this year, which will be in 12 months time? So it was really funny. And then he would sit down and, and with his hands still, he had so funny hands because he was working outside all the time. He was playing the piano and we sang the Christmas songs. So Christmas for me is really special. It's full of warmth. It's full of, of a place of home. And that is what I hope is also for you when you hear Christmas songs. When we see, hear about Christmas, we can always think about an open door for our lives. Jesus opened a door for every single person sitting here to come in into the house of God. Jesus opened this door. And you know, this door even has a name. Let's read what Jesus says. In, in John 10, he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So the door for Christmas has a name and it's Jesus Christ. He is the door to enter into eternally, into eternal home. We will have pasture. Last, last week when we sang Christmas songs, I remembered my family Christmas, that was one part. And the other part in me was, was longing. I sometimes have this yearning for arriving home, for, for feeling warm. And I don't know if you have that. Maybe you sit here and you long for, for um, peace in your life. Many people are really stressed before Christmas. We have so many projects. We have uh, pressure on our chests. Maybe you feel your heart pumping every day when you go to work. Jesus is offering you peace and the house of peace. You can enter. You can enter today. He is the door and you can walk in and experience his house, his Christmas house. And this is so powerful if we come in. What is it that you have to leave outside today when you want to enter in the house of God? When we talk about this house of God, I want to return to Johannes Falk. Jesus says, you come in to, through me and you will find pasture. I mean, Christmas is not really about green fields. Uh, maybe you, you think about the Christmas trees with the green, uh, the green leaves. There's a song, or Tollenbaum. What is it in English? I wrote it down. Does anyone know? Yeah, yeah. What's, what does this, uh, the song sound like? Yeah, yeah, sing it louder. <laughs> oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, exactly. Things about the green leaves. And Jesus talks about pastures. It's about the same, but we're not talking about that. What is Jesus talking about if he talks about the, the pasture? If he says, I will give you a great home. What's, what is in the home? Johannes Falk had three keys in his house. That's why we have three keys on the stage. When he took the children in, he had the one key was the key of the bread cupboard. That's what, we t what he told the kids. He had the key of the wardrobe and the key to heaven. And what he said is the following sentence. As soon as the last key 
the key to heaven no longer closes or opens, the other two no longer work either. So Johannes Falk, he understood that taking care of a life is not just about bread or clothes, it's about eternal life. And he took care about all these 500 children who came, who walked in through his door, also about every single area of their lives. I asked myself, what, what is this in the Bible? Where, where do I find this in the Bible? And I didn't have to think a long time because you all know the story of the prodigal son who walked away from the father and came back one day with the dirty clothes. And we, I want to read the, the passage where he comes back. The son got up and went to his father. While he was yet a long way off, his father saw him. But the father said to the workman, and he, he, the workman he owned, hurry, get the best coat and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the calf that is fat and kill it. Let us eat and be glad. For my son was dead and now he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Let us eat and have a good time. This is a story Jesus tells the people to, make, to give them a picture about how the Heavenly Father is. And he tells them the Heavenly Father is not just sitting somewhere inside the room and is waiting until someone knocks at the door. The Heavenly Father, he is outside of the door. He is waiting and he is watching out for the Son and he sees him coming from far. He walks towards him. He opens his arms and he is celebrating that his Son is coming back. This is the character of the Heavenly Father. And then when we open in to the home of our Father, He will show us the three keys. What is the three keys we can receive in our Father's home? The first key, we find all these keys also in the, in the message. The first key is supply or provision. He said, bring us the big fat calf. I like this. <laughs> he didn't say bring some salad. So he said, bring the big fat calf and kill it. Yeah, that's what it says. Big steaks, you know, that's celebrating. God is the one who provides for every single person, for us all. If we enter the house of God through Jesus Christ, we found provision. We found supply. God is providing for your life. Do you really believe that? A few weeks ago, there was uh, Santa Claus Day, and my kids, they loved to, to go and find Santa Claus together with me. And we walked uh, towards the forest, and it was so funny because I really felt that there were some ambivalent feelings in the kids about Santa Claus, you know. It's not only, only the joy to see him, it's only also a bit um, that they were afraid. So when we walked up the mountain to the, to the forest, they asked me questions. Daddy, is it true that the Santa Claus is having, he has a big, uh, big bag and he will take us with him? And I said, no, it's not true, of course not. He only takes the bad boys and, and you are good boys. And, and then they asked and asked, they said, does he really have, a, um, a, a, what is the word, a rod? A rod, rod, ruete. 
a rod, yeah. Does he really have a rod? Will he use it today? Will he beat us, Daddy? And then they asked, hey, Daddy, Daddy, are you stronger than Santa Claus? I said, of course, my children. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm the strong big daddy. So we walked towards Santa Claus. And it was so beautiful that they, they got two bags. I think I brought a picture of the two boys with their bags full, full of food and sweets. And they really liked it. And this is sometimes remembers me about the way we, we feel about God. We approach God as we, we, we would be approaching Santa Claus. We would like to be provided. We would like to have the supply we need. But inside of us, some of us really think, will he have a rod and beat me? Will he maybe put me in a big bag and bring me somewhere where I don't want to go? Is it not sometimes strange that we don't trust our God? that we approach him with a, with a heart that, is, that has two parts. God is a God who comes close to you. He comes outside of his house. He is, is taking a look. He's, he's watching for you because he loves you so much, because he wants to give you everything. So the second thing this heavenly father does, he gives his son new clothes. And new clothes in the Bible they always stand for a new identity. He says, bring sandals, bring new clothes, bring a ring for my son. And in these times, a ring was the symbol of, of identity, to be the son of the father. You know, if you have the, the, the ring at your hand, you can sign everything you want to sign in the name of the father. So that means you have the identity to be the son in the house. And this is what, Jesus, what, what this heavenly Father does, what is Jesus telling you and me. If you come to the Father, you will get a new identity. You can leave the old clothes outside and enter the house of God with new clothes, with a new identity, with clear faces. Yesterday, I was able to talk to a wonderful lady from ICF. She's only 18 years old, and she told me about her story. And I want to tell you some of her story. At the age of 11, she started to have eating dis dis um, disorders. For six years, she had anorexia. And that was March 2014 when she first tried to take her life. And she wanted to commit suicide. Uh, thank God it didn't, it didn't work, work out. And she, she landed in a clinic. She came to a clinic and um, she was there for nine months. She always tried to come out, but she only weighed 40 kilograms at the age of 17. And she, was, she, she uh, hurt herself all the time and she didn't come out of this, of this thing. And after nine months, she tried to take her life again. And uh, it didn't, again, uh, it didn't work. And she took out the Bible in the clinic and she wrote the story where Jesus heals Tabitha, the young girl. And the first thing Jesus says to this, to this girl after resurrecting her from the dead, he said to the people around there, hey, bring some food for the young girl. And she reads this and it was as if Jesus was telling her, lady, it's time that you stand up and that you eat. And she started to eat and she started to read the Bible more and Jesus started to heal her and she left the clinic and then found our counseling team here in ICF and she got healed. And I want to, to read to you some sentences she wrote me. 
Since August 2015, I am completely healed from anorexia and eating disorders. I have the normal ups and downs in life, but found a foundation in Jesus that is strong enough in every storm. My identity is not defined by what people say about me or by the number my scale is showing or the way I look or my own achievements, but only by what Jesus Christ is thinking and saying about me. He sees me as his masterpiece, and this will never change. He gave me a completely new life. And I love that so much. This is when Jesus gives you and me a new identity. When you enter the door into the house of God, leave your old stuff outside and let, let you be given the new clothes by the Heavenly Father. And the last key, the third key in the house of God is called eternal home. He said, let's, let's, let's throw a big party. Let's throw a party. And this is what God does. When you enter through the door of Jesus Christ into his house, there will be an eternal party in heaven. When you enter heaven, God will give you eternal life. Nine weeks ago, I was able to pray with a, with a man from our church. Also, his name, you will see it on the screen. Andreas, he, he gave his life to Jesus at the age around 50 years old. And he, he didn't know Jesus. He had um, an encounter with Jesus. We prayed together. And he saw himself walk with Jesus. And uh, the way, the path they went didn't have an end. This is when Jesus gives you an eternal home. When your path doesn't end. Even death cannot stop your path with Jesus. This is when you enter the house of God. You see, all that is possible when we enter through the door. You, you have a door that is open, and maybe you're already inside the house. Then let's think about the life of Johannes Falk. His life didn't end just there, that he walked through the door, and then he became rich, and he had a good life. He stayed at the door. He spent his life opening the door for people who arrived. And this is my last thought. I want to be a person together with you that leads people home. Jesus told Peter, now I will give you the keys to eternity. You will have the keys. What, is, what you will bind will be bound. And what you will loosen, um, be, what you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I thought about, in, in German it, it works better. It, it's also a key, this here. In, in, in English, it's a clef, <laughs> but um, never mind, <laughs> it's still nice. I want to be a person like Johannes Falk. He lost four of his children, and then he wrote a song for the world. And the song was not about what he missed. The song was not about his pain. The song was about the door. The song was about Jesus coming to this life. And I want to be a person walking around in this world with the song Jesus gave into my life. And I want to ask you, what is the sound of your song? What is the song you are singing? What is the song you bring into this world? And if you don't have any idea, I brought some ideas just to help you out a little bit. Watch this.
love to watch movies, <laughs> get inspired. And I love this passion of this girl singing out her soul into this world, full of passion, full of energy. She sings the song she has on her heart. And I want to be a person who stands at the door and sings out and brings out the song that's in my life, the song about the door. And sometimes we forget about what we all, what we all got from God, provision, identity, um, eternal home. And we have so much to give. And sometimes I even think, hey, we come to church on Sundays. On your left side, maybe there sits a person who really needs a prayer today, a prayer for provision of God. Maybe on your right side, there's a person who can't, just can't believe that God gives eternal life. Maybe behind you, there's someone who has never walked through the door. And I want to be a person, even in church, it starts where I am, you know. We have to talk truth into our lives. We have to, I want, to, want us to be a community where we pray for each other also on Sundays, not only in small groups or when someone walks up to me and says, could you please pray for me? Of course, we can pray for each other. But maybe when you talk to someone, you already feel this person needs uh, to enter the presence of God. Maybe this person needs to, to leave some clothes outside of the door and enter in the presence of God and get some new clothes. Today, I want us to pray for different things. There's some people who, who's, who've never walked into the house of God. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't know him really. There's never happened a true Christmas in your life. And I want you to pray with me after the, afterwards when we pray that Jesus comes into your life. You can open up your life for Jesus. He is the one who is the door. You can open your door for Jesus. Maybe you need provision. Maybe there's some, some stuff in your, your life you should, should get rid of and get focused on what God gives to you. Maybe you have some lies in your head about who you are. Lies like uh, this, this young lady from ICF had. You're not beautiful. You're not worthy. And God will replace those lies tonight with truth. And God wants to give you security to be part of a family that is an eternal family. I give you some time to think about it, to pray, and then we pray together. <laughs> 